On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we've gone slightly berserk and torn up the playbook for an episode of Absolute Anarchy. With the launch of Paramount Plus this week, and with it about a bazillion shows, we decided to have a crack at most, if not all of them, as well as some of the other shows that are out this week. So prepare yourselves for, I don't know, Halo, The Offer, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Yellowstone 1883, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The First Lady, The Umbrella Academy, Season 3, Loot, and God knows what else. Plus, speaking of Halo... We have the Master Chief himself, Mr. Pablo Schreiber, on the show, geeking out about all things Spartan. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your weekly guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that I honestly don't know which shows is reviewing this week. Because uh, normally, and just, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit, we democratically decide the three specific shows to watch. By which, of course, I mean, I pick three science fiction shows, Boyd and Beth complain, Boyd chips in a dodgy sitcom and an ITV drama about getting arrested in Magaluf, and I start bitching about that, and then Beth checks the fucking run times and vetoes at least two of them for being over 42 minutes long. And whatever is left, we end end up reviewing. <laughs> However, this week, I threw all of that out the window and simply said, guys, there is a metric fuckton of telly this week, so watch as many as humanly possible, and we'll just figure this shit out on the day. So that is what we've decided to do. Who says I don't know how to live life on the edge? Guys, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you looking forward to today's big old bag of chaos? Um, I would say I am as happy about this as I was when we found out this morning that James accidentally got on the wrong train. God, why would you bring this up? <laughs> why? 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 Because when you fail, it's even better <sighs> than when anybody else fails ever, yeah. ever. So, um, yeah. It's not metaphorical that James got on the wrong train. No, I literally... got the wrong destination. Yeah. It's real. He really did. I literally, he really did. Where were you going? Go I, did, I, did, I did a thing where I got on, I got on a train and like, because I was watching, so I, spoiler, for the Empire podcast, I was reviewing the new Jerry Butler movie. It's not very good. But I uh, I was watching it. I was watching it. And I got on the train, as I did, you know, looked up. Oh, there's a train going. I'm sitting, sitting, sitting down, looking out. And then I just sort of glanced out the window. And then you, there's that classic moment where you see the platform just move in the wrong direction. <laughs> and you're just like, shit. <laughs> and I headed down towards the coast. on the beach. Yeah, oh, that's what it. a lovely day. Uh, Camden, Camden, hasn't, cream. Camden, Camden hasn't got a beach. Yeah, something's gone horribly wrong. Okay. Well. I mean, in Hastings is in many ways Camden sur mer. So, uh, <laughs> so that was lovely. So, yeah, I was a little bit late this morning. Uh, and so are we now. I mean, it's rare this. for you to actually watch a film to review for the Empire Podcast. Ooh, I've noticed. Oh, burn! Weeks go by. Well, James is just walking out now because he hasn't seen any of the films. I've seen more films than you have. I can, I, I can sit in. I tell you what, I'll come in and review the films. You go on. Boyd, Boyd, Boyd. These, these complete seasons of Halo do not watch themselves. No, like, you know, no. I, I, have, I have serious commitment mm. to my shows. Thank you very much. True. As we will find out later on in this show. Uh, but let's talk about what we've been watching. And fuck it, I'm going to kick off just to prove that I do watch things and I'm going to say that I watched all of everything I know about love uh, on well not your recommendation because yeah, we actually did review it you changed your bloody but, tune but, see. but no hang on I liked it yeah, I, I know. liked it when we read it and I watched the whole thing and I loved it yes. like, I, I liked it when I oh, saw it I loved wow. it when I finished it this is a bit of a and I thought it was great and this, bit of a reverse ferret now we're on we're, how was it a reverse ferret on a show that I really liked you didn't really like oh, it I didn't really like no, it no okay okay you had okay. issues I will say I will say I found Emma Appleton's character Maggie I found her to be someone, as I think I said, I would not be friends with. So, I because I found her a little bit irritating and, frankly, 
a little bit irresponsible. And uh, and it bothered me. Yeah, she's yeah. very irresponsible. And uh, but 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 she grew on me as the series went along. And actually, I turned on Belle Powley a little bit. By the end of it, I was like, she gets on my right tits because not no, the actor, not the actor, Please. because I thought the character Please. was thoroughly unreasonable. No. And I was on, I was no. I was Team Maggie all the way by the end. I was like, really? do you know what? Do you know what? You know, fucking, you know, your mates here, your mates here, you're twatting off with this bloke. I was like, no. And also, twatting off. What's twatting off? I mean? don't know. She's twatting off. I mean, that wasn't some weird sexual euphemism. I was just throwing in I an expletive. What it means? That's what right. I'm asking you. I'm just you. saying. What's like, she was spending all her time with what was his name? What was the boyfriend's name? Street. Nathan. That's no. Street was Maggie's. Street. Street was Nathan. the worst. Yeah, okay. but Nathan. Is the worst. Nathan is one that uh, the Nathan Birdie the ends boring up with. guy. Right, yeah, okay. Nathan the boring guy. And Birdie's like, oh Nathan, oh Nathan, oh look at my salmon platter. And I was like, you know what? You might be the worst. Like Maggie's irresponsible, mm, but you think, might be the worst. I don't think that's the message we're supposed to take. Well, from it, that's the message I took from yeah. it. Oh uh, and like you know, and like their friendship was kind of fracturing because she's spending mm. all her times with dull Nathan. And I was like, no, yeah, no. but. I think you have to take so much responsibility when you're the friend of a of a of a of someone who's in a couple to to not make it so obvious that you think their partner is a bore. I mean, I mean he was. You know, he was. Well, like, I've, got whole are... th- my, I've got a whole thesis about that. It's too lengthy to go into. But <laughs> you're in defence of Nathan. I am a bit. Yeah, I'm in defence of boring kind of boring couples who. I think part of the my I feel like part of the message of it is you, it doesn't like your definition of what a boring couple is if they don't go clubbing. I think it's like you, you know, what are you going clubbing every night? Do you think that's the thing? I, I, I went to a club at least once in right. the nineties. I feel like your actual your actual reality, and I'm taking myself oh, yeah. in this as well. Is mm. I want to be that. That is the lifestyle. I quite like to stay in, you know, and watch TV or whatever the hell they do. Yeah, have dinner together. I'd, I'd be more Maggie, but instead of going out and doing loads of drugs and going to a club, <laughs> I'd be staying up till four in the morning watching Star Trek: Strange New yeah. World. So not there's the, the it's there's not the, the distinction. Uh, you are Belle Powley, really. <laughs> but no. But I, my whole thing was like they you know her friends, her friends. She abandoned all her friends. She was being very very judgmental, and also like you know you I, again. I, okay, yes. fair, fair. <laughs> I'll take that. I will take that. But yeah, no. I, I, I was I was mm, not I was not impressed. I mean, look, I understand the the lack of appeal of house sharing fucking Camden Town, but nevertheless. I was like, I'm, I became what, Team Maggie by the end. What, what about mm. that lo- that last episode in New York? Is brilliant, though, isn't it? It is but very good. I it is very good. I mean, I know so well. I don't know New York the way that you know, know New York, sure. but also, but you know, there was there was a there was a, a sort of a, a certain without any spoilers, a Richard Courtesy vibe to some of that. Yeah, but she pulled that it That I off. really enjoyed. No, in, I mean, that's a compliment. Yeah. For me, that's it? a compliment. I have you read the memoir? Did we discuss this? No. No, neither have no, I. I, really I want kind to. Of, yeah, because I, I, I want really to see... Know, what, yeah, right, is exactly. any of that... Did any of that actually happen? Exactly. Kind of, really, maybe? Exactly. I want to know all this stuff now. Yeah, because you're right, that was Courtesy-ish, but, you know... Yeah, but in a good way. In a good way, I see you're saying courtesy is almost a bit Richard Curtis. I'm saying it's a bit Richard Curtis. totally embrace the Curtis. Yes, so do I. But I'm hoping that... Because Dolly Orton has said, I think she wants to make a second series so like I mean yeah there has to be it feels has like it feels like it, it, it wants one it, it deserves one yeah uh, and I thought actually the casting for that show you know again having watched all of it is fucking bang on yeah. like really good every single one of those housemates I thought was really well cast and one thing I do want for season two I want to see more of Amara which is yeah. Alia Adolphin's character and uh, Marley Sue's character Nell because I thought they were both really interesting and they didn't get enough screen time like actually Belle Powley hmm, yeah do what you like uh, but I'm more interested in the other housemates because I don't think they were well 
served enough. I actually think that, like they had really yeah. interesting stories that didn't maybe get enough screen time. It's a tough balance. So more of that. More yeah, of that. it's a tough balance because the the central relationship of the of the best friends yes. since childhood, fight, you know, and that whole thing is is so interesting and yeah. kind of inevitably dominates mm. the thing that the other two do fall away a bit. But I think they gave them enough. I thought they gave them enough for it not to be. But they like felt rounded. Complete, yeah, yeah, they, they felt rounded, and, and they all had yeah. their own shit that they were dealing yeah. with, and you were quite invested yeah. in it. But sometimes, like, oh, I want it. I want to see more with her. I know. And the, yeah, the, I know what you mean. School teacher and like you know stuff. Yeah. The sex, there's a sex montage at the opening, isn't there, of one episode, yeah. from, which is very sex education, but also worked very well. Yeah, well. yeah, it when is. All just, but it, you're, you were right, and you mentioned this last week, like the discovery of Tinder and how it just revolutionized. Yes, that, that, that is brilliant. Fascinating. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating, kind of how that worked. Yeah. And there was a part of me, I was like, my God, you're going to get fucking murdered. What are you doing? Like, I was like, yeah. slightly concerned by some of this stuff. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really good show, actually. Uh, really good. So I watched all of that. And then I also watched, I have not seen all of it. I've only seen half it because they wouldn't give me all the episodes, although I do <laughs> now have them. Uh, the Lazarus Project. Uh, so I've been barreling through that, enjoying yeah. it in Enormously, so yes, that that remains good. Now, and Tom Burke, obviously, who you see fleetingly early on, obviously, the more you, see, yeah, very fleeting, yeah. yeah. Whereas actually, Tom Burke, the more Tom Burke, the better, frankly, course, in everything. Of course. So, and I'm loving him in it as well. Like he's he's, he's oh, fantastic. So. He's yeah, he's, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Amazing so yeah, presence. yeah, good. Yay for the Lazarus Project, which is which is fantastic. Wicked. And these are the things that I have been watching, boy, when I have not been watching films for Empire. Oh so God. well done. Yeah, oh well, I'm glad I, I still feel there's a treat. Yeah, because I because you know, pilot, I'm dedicated to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, first and oh, okay. I have passion yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. this I allocate my time according yes. to priority and yes. it's all about the pilot that's, that's, that is definitely what it is yeah that's Jeez. what it is um, I need to mention because people were clamouring people were clamouring Beth on Twitter <laughs> for us to mention um, for all mankind they were actually I need to well, I need to start this don't I because yeah. I'm seeing all these like is the next great drama like type mm. things yeah on. now we, I, as as James pointed out because someone accused us of not mentioning it at all I did, we mention, did mention it, it. the week before yeah. in the other stuff section yeah you did I said it was it was coming but I hadn't seen yeah. it at that point yeah I have now caught up and watched the first couple of episodes and oh my god it, it is absolutely phenomenal and it's the most it's the best show out there that's not being paid attention to yeah. by the culture. It's just, and it's a mystery. I, I, well, it's a semi-mystery. I think the, the problem with it is, and someone else t- tweeted me saying, you know, he's finding it a bit slow to start with. It is really slow to start with. It's right. is it, very, isn't it people said that it's season two that it picks yeah, up? Yeah, I, I felt season two really is, is, was incredible and was a massive step up. But halfway through season one, I feel you're kind of, you get to know the characters and you're really, it becomes really compelling. The the climax of season one is incredible. Season two is just, is pretty much brilliant all the way, but even more spectacularly incredible climax. I keep using the word incredible, but there you go. Um, But season three, now they're on, they're going to Mars in season three. So, you know, it's, it's alternate history, science fiction, space race, but also like so much else going on but it, it, it start, the season starts as they will do with like a kind of quick rundown a quick kind of montage of the alternate history stuff that Gary Hart's been re-elected twice and then Bill Clinton comes along and then there's like a, ver- a version of the Monica Lewinsky scandal that isn't it's kind of different they have everything so we're in the 90s now it's all in the 90s okay. this it's, is such, it's so fascinating it is fascinating because <laughs> so the first season was yeah. that 60s or so it was 60s wasn't it the first season yeah it was like yeah 60s slash 70s yeah, so we've moved on 30 it's years it's moved on well no 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 it's me yeah, 
it's moved on ten years from this epi- this this season from the last. Okay, last one was and is it the, the same cast? It's the same cast. So I would say so. One Dodgy Joel Kinnaman. I would just say <laughs> Joel Kinnaman is still in it as one of the main. He's like one of the big um, founding heroes, yeah. NASA heroes, right. the, kind, the kind of you know Neil Armstrong type character, mm. and he's still in it. Not only and he's now he must be like seventy-ish or something. The character and there is aging makeup, which is good. It's not time traveler's wife level. It's kind not of. time traveler's. Oh it's not that. But bit what, of talc in the hair. No, it, but what is really <laughs> weird about it is we're expected to believe that he's still possibly going to lead the US mission to Mars, like even though it's like seventy something, <laughs> and you know it's like really, but. I kind of love the fact they've just gone for it. They've got we still yeah. want to retain our core cast, and we're going to follow them into late into their OAP years. Yeah. You still got lots of different new characters, but yeah. just as a depict, honestly, the budget of this thing, first of all, the, the the effects are fucking incredible. Really, it's like um, you know, they're, 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 there's a space, there's a hotel kind of space station thing in this version in that's been invented because the whole idea of it is that. Because the in this version of history, the Russians get to the moon first, right. which means that the space race is ex- everything's accelerated, so technology accelerated. So they kind of the technology to invent to create a hotel in space, you know, swirling around the moon is just there and it gets done by the time you get to the nineties. And that's it's a really kind of it's a head fuck on one level, yeah. but it's also so interesting. And the depiction of this, the, the direction and the ambition of just showing you this space hotel. There's an amazing shot in the first episode where they arrive in the space hotel and it's literally a 2001 homage ah, one of my favourite films of all time yeah. favourite films also and there's a br- beautiful just like it's just there looks exactly like 2001 but slightly different yeah. and it's a, like almost like the design. The designers of the space hotel are based on 2001 oh wow if 2001 existed in yeah. this alternate universe it's so it's so thought provoking constantly mm. beautifully done fascinating characters there's loads of stuff about um, there's like a character who's who's a woman who's a lesbian married to a, 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 a closeted lesbian married to a closeted gay man because it functions well mm. for both of them right um, there's all stuff like that so it's dealing with um, feminism, sexuality, all those things in a very believable, authentic way. But it's just, it's you. I mean, the main thing is, it's proper, beautifully done science fiction. And it's Rondi Moore. High science fiction. Rondi Moore. And, and, but like unbelievably authentic. And they've done such a brilliant job of making it feel so real, even to the point where, you know, they're fucking going to Mars and you believe this is going to happen and it's yeah. happening. And it's just meticulous, the, the sci fi ness of it, right. the science element of it. Mm. So it's just an incredible achievement. So, but because I think that first season was a bit slow and there were a couple of episodes that were a bit weren't great, I have to say, in that first season. Yeah. I think people have have just given up on it and it's a real shame because it's fucking incredible. Because I yeah. watched episode one when mm. we did our big old Apple yeah, binge when it first launched and I didn't love it. Mm. And then I watched the first episode of season two and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh, and was it loads of people standing in a line on the moon? And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's line dancing on the moon is not what I signed up for. Uh, I was a bit confused then. And I have, you're right, I've never really given it a proper chance. No. Do you know what? You, um, I, know, I said this about another show recently and you, you completely were scandalous by the idea but one could actually start this with this season how dare you because it's a different it's a whole new thing they're going to Mars now and you just get you, you kind great. of grow to you, you will you will know enough about the characters for it not to really matter that's what I'm you're just saying, saying to oh, listeners not you listen, are you saying get my ass to Mars is that what you're I'm saying I'm saying get your ass to Mars and then go back and watch the others because they might oh, give you the impetus what is this insane chronology Brilliant. Boyd Brilliant. Boyd Brilliant. Well, let's not talk madness <laughs> right? oh, I'm not watching season three and then going back to season 
season one. That's crazy talk. Okay, but other... I will I will queue it up. But again, like so so are you saying that I should be watching this before Better Call Saul? Like what's your no. like, um Oh god, I don't know. Because obviously, like I have a queue here. Yeah. And things tough. have been jumping it's the tough. queue, but I... I think you might I think you might just prefer this. I think this just be more your thing because it is. I don't know. Yeah, it's, see, ben, it's very nerdy as well as you being brilliant. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. anarchy. It is anarchy. Yeah, and anarchy. Then, um, I, I'm, we have to mention the Barry season finale, but is, yeah, I suspect Beth maybe <laughs> already got that covered. So I leave that to the best. Yeah, I'll let Beth. No, no, wait, let's go. Let's All go. Right. Let's go. I want to ask you let's both dance. something first, though. Mm. I want to ask you both something first, very, very quickly, and I just want you using the power of facial expression. Uh, how did you feel mm. you, which is obviously brilliant, brilliant for an audio medium yes uh, how did you feel about the most recent and fifth episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi oh I haven't seen it so. I haven't seen it either well brilliant <laughs> just a couple of blank faces I told you it'd be quick right anyway Barry then go. <laughs> yeah just get, like scary pro- like the acting first of all I'm from just him like, shaking my head yeah it's... did it contain the best motorbike chase you've ever seen no that was, no, that, that was, that was a few episodes a ago, few episodes ago. Yeah, and few... it was <laughs> And it fucking was. But what? He was just like, yeah, you like that. It's two more episodes of Mm. like high impact carnage and destruction and beautifully realised visions of like all his kind of inner kind of, oh, I'm just, I love it so much. it's, It's so good. It's so good. And that final episode, oh, there's a, there's a, Oh. <laughs> wow Barry has broken back oh, it has it's so good the you no, can't even express yeah. no, the no, mortal a, words cannot contain a, the majesty of Barry a, every character has a definitive moment and I'm just thinking every scene is, is almost like a contained short film about that character and it's all fucking incredible. There's like there's the first murder of that episode is something no. I've never seen before, which involves an eyeball. Ew. Um <laughs> but not how you think. And it's that is that is barely scraping the surface of what happens in that scene. Noho Hank gets to do something fucking incredible with something that's not even visible on screen, but has a kind of impact. I just think it's See, astonishing I don't want to, and, her and Sarah Goldberg again yeah you know, just like seeing it. after the, the penultimate episode with the incredible lift fuck you scene oh my great, god which is one of the great scenes of all time such a great scene um, yeah she but I just think what they're really good at is um, making it making a, a a very kind of high concept thing about an assassin let's, and a special yeah. assassin to go back to the very beginning of yeah. it ending up in a theatrical masterclass hosted yeah. by Henry Winkler yeah. and and following through on all the implications of all of that and yeah. making it seem so believable yeah. and all the decisions about what they'd, act, what they'd actually do when presented with these impossible situations yeah. and possible violence and all of that. Yeah. It, it's so well thought through, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it, it's fantastic in that sense. Yeah, you've articulated that much better than I <laughs> did. I just sort of like... So squeaked. in my queue, where does this oh, yeah, appear? Barry, well, how much of Barry have you watched then? The first episode of the first season and the first episode of oh, the most recent season. Right, for review on this very podcast. Yeah. Um, I just think, again, you have to set aside yeah it's just you just love it you, yeah it's so it's 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 just some of it is quite there was the episode before the chase episode where i was like i think i'm gonna need some time out from this because it got quite nasty was it nasty oh it nasty. a bit nasty, nasty. Yeah. a bit nasty, nasty intense it's intense yeah. intense and it just ended on a really sad note that didn't mm. actually get mm. resolved on any on yeah. any kind of shit uh but i'm so glad i stuck with it and come through to the end and i just can't 
wait for that fourth season. Mm. And that's the last one, the fourth season. Last Mm. one, Bill Hader's directing all of it. But it was like we were saying the other other, um, episode a few weeks ago, I really think he's got legs as a feature director now. And I I cannot wait. Well, he did did direct the greatest car chase in the history of cinema, as we've established on this podcast. You need to just calm down. (laughs) Just one person disagreed with you. I haven't seen it, I can't comment. No, exactly. Well, exactly. You wait to see it. And then, and by the way, I need to mention Hacks, Season yeah. two. Stop, stop taking all oh, the list. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Oh, how much have you watched? Just first two episodes. Oh, okay. oh my God. You've got a treat coming up. On to uh, episode four. Oh. Two words, episode four. Lesbian cruise. No! Yes. <laughs> yes. One of the funniest. They go on a lesbian oh. cruise and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Margaret Cho's there. Laurie Metcalf turns up as a new character. Oh, yeah. She's the tour manager, isn't she? Yeah, the she? tour manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's yeah. hilarious. Oh. Sleeps upright. I'm going to go into it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just hilarious. She doesn't believe in beds. It's just, it's so funny. It's the funniest I, episode yeah. so far. Oh my God. I'm um, trying to stagger it because, you know, when you just say, I'm just never going to be able to see this for the first time ever yeah. again. Oh my God. So I'm just, I really, I'm trying to stagger it at the moment. I, I, I genuinely, there's too much TV. Like we, we do this shit for a living and there aren't enough hours in the day to watch this stuff. I don't know how people do it. I just don't. Half yeah. hour episodes. Half hour episodes. I mean, that is, that is the it. secret, isn't it? Same with Barry. Barry's, Barry's half hour. Yeah, half hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah you should say, do the hacks yeah. and Barry first. You do yeah. that in a day. Yeah, you do both. Exactly. Both three hours in a day. Three hours. Yeah. Four hours. Five. How many episodes? The thing is, it's things like like Lazarus came along and 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 everything mm-hmm. I know about love came along. I was all right because because I just started them. I think now I, I'm on a roll. I have to push on with these. Right, right. So it, right. that's you know. It's 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 getting me. I, I mean, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Just my, know you're missing out. Uh, yeah, missing I am out. missing out. It's, it's all the clubbing I've been doing in Camden, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just left so little time for me to watch stuff. Um, I, but I should, you're absolutely right. I should watching all this shit and not wasting my time watching fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi, but that's a whole yeah. other Yeah, I question the whole, um, don't get me started, but and yeah, you know, you've got, you've all got yourselves into this whole Empire spoilers, especially every <laughs> single Marvel and Disney <laughs> Thing. But I feel like why 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 do they get special treatment? Why not do I'm going to be one of those annoying readers who complains about things? <laughs> but you know, Barry deserves a, a so, spoiler special. Yeah. Hacks deserves a spoiler special more than Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so are you so are you saying that Chris Hewitt is in some way myopic and incredibly <laughs> well, like you know prejudiced about I what he covers? I I, all, <laughs> no, I'm not going to blame Chris. I think you've just fallen into the trap of thinking you, you have well, to. Well, no, do but part that. of me was Chris, like to be fed to Chris, fed to course all, yeah. which we, I think we're going to hopefully do another spoiler special yeah. podcast soon. Yes. Um, he, he's, yes. he's fully on board the with other, that. The other show, the Chris other Watchers. Show he yes. <laughs> the um, other non-Marvel, non-Disney. But it feels like, you know, if we were to open the door to great yeah. show spoiler specials, we'd be doing a pilot spoiler special channel and we'd be doing, that's all we would do. Oh, yeah. Uh, course, that's so, which is an option. Yeah. It's an option. You if can my day job goes away, I'm absolutely not cutting it out. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed, oh, I'm good, not opposed to that. Yeah. You know, anything that lets me do an expanse spoiler special multi-part per episode would be fantastic. So oh, we should, yeah. uh, well, that'd be great gosh. life, wouldn't it? Just do, just do spoiler special podcasts all day. You don't have to worry about the global publishing system yeah you know? that's it it'd be great yeah but then it'd be eight hours a day with James so there is always oh, yeah, a downside there is true. always a downside yeah. I will say if you do want to listen to our appraisals of Obi-Wan Kenobi and indeed Ms. Marvel uh, then do uh, sign up to the Empire Spoiler Special Podcast episode 5 then uh, you, what's your verdict were you a fan uh, of were episode fan, 5 yeah. uh, me, and, me and Amon got into it in the Spoiler oh, Special well, have to listen. suffice to say Amon thought it was brilliant I thought it was less than brilliant in you've br- been very down on it I am down on it actually I am, I am anti-Obi-Wan you now. are it's got to the point now yeah. where I thought the first episode was great. I thought the second episode was good. The third episode, 
less so and it's just it well, feels third like it was terrible well it's just the the but which one was the third one no hang on no no the third one was the one where it was, oh, the, was it the, the fourth the third one is one that everyone loved the oh yeah one. the fourth one's terrible and I thought that was nowhere near as good as people thought the right. fourth one is genuinely bad yeah, and the fifth one is better than four right. but it's incremental so you okay. need to spoil a special you've just done that that's yeah, it it's, right, it's yeah. all done yeah. crumbed yeah. it up yeah. in the, yeah. but, and I stand by what you took the piss out of me boy for last week it looks cheap it just looks cheap mm. and I, I I have so many issues with it and if you want to hear all of them do of course sign up the spoiler specials I will say this week I managed to ruin both the Obi One spoiler special podcast and the Miss Marvel spoiler special podcast. No. I ruined both of them, but in very different ways. Oh, okay. So I do, I do. So let's just say I shared a piece of information on the Miss Marvel podcast uh, that was shared with me on Twitter by one of our listeners. Yeah, we saw that. We saw I that. shared that particular yeah. piece of information on the podcast, and to say that it then took over the Miss Marvel podcast would be an understatement. Raging bangle. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be oh, yes. entirely fair. Oh, yeah. So if you know, you know. Oh, and if you don't know, then do sign up to the Spoiler Special Podcast. Okay. But suffice it to say, fun was had by all, and by all I mean by me. Uh, not so much everyone else, but uh, yes. Suffice it to say that every time Chris now says bangly bang, we'll all be thinking very different things. So That's so weird uh, as well. I read that. I did see that. Bangle is such a random word to I have, love have it, such though. a different um, yeah. meaning. You'd be yeah. old bangle. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I might start incorporating that into... Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yes. I haven't seen the latest Miss Marvel yet. I'm really excited. I'm hoping it goes from strength to strength. I'm not looking at you right now. It's good. It. It's okay. good. Okay. The second one is good. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, yeah, Boyd's taken all mine, to be honest. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for Boyd, any prestige ITV dramas you wish to uh, to highlight for us before we move on? Or? Oh, my God. Not right now. <laughs> although there's one coming up that I'm hosting a screening for, so we'll be doing that. Aiden oh. Turner is in, 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 is in a... I like Aiden Turner. Yeah, he's exactly. Good. He's in a big new one called... Right, this is, this, this is quite interesting. It's called The Suspect. Not to be confused with suspect. suspect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there. Yeah. That, so it's it's a it's a big. Uh, and then a thriller. suspect coming later in the Probably. year. Probably. Is this yeah. like finding Alice, losing Alice, or still Alice? No, but it's a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but to put it this way: when I was first asked to host the Q and A that's coming up at the yeah. end of this month, I think I was like, "Oh, that's the Channel Four one with." And, uh, like, and no, no, it's the ITV one with Aiden Turner. Yes. Yeah. But um, it looks very good. I'm sure it will be. Because I, because I don't have an anti-ITV prejudice. Like Neither that. do I. I love ITV. They're yeah, the best. Okay. Hey, They're look, the best. they are the home of of Unforgotten. So lest we right. forget, exactly. Lest we forget, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe some of the choices you make aren't. I did a speech Suspect. this week at the at BAFTA Ooh. for a thing called Thinkbox, which is basically um, it's Thinkbox is like uh, commercial TV, Channel Four ITV, UK TV. Um, all kind of grouping together on Sky mm. to kind of you know sell their wares to commercial to add to people who make ads and and, and and you know and so they had a day of of events at BAFTA and I give it and I, and I trumpeted quite rightly ITV's track record when it comes to the show called The Bay which had a Muslim funeral that was brilliant that you'd never seen on TV before I think they mm. had, their crime dramas are really impressive from that point of view and I said so. In my speech, which you could probably watch online, but I wouldn't encourage. I wonder. It do you think I wasn't available? Maybe I'm yeah. Just I don't know why they didn't or... ask you to do it. Yeah. It's curious. And I interviewed Lisa McGee but afterwards. Oh, did well. you? It was an absolute ah. delight, as you'd imagine. Yeah, she was. She's fantastic. Amazing. Does she do stuff for ITV? No, no. As I've just explained, <laughs> but you weren't listening. <laughs> Thinkbox is for all commercial TV, Channel 4 and Sky. And You're right, I wasn't listening. No. Okay, fair enough. Of course enough. you weren't. Fair enough. Of course you weren't. Even seconds ago. Yeah, yeah that I was mean, brilliant. <sighs> Lisa McGee, yeah, she, she's working on a new thing right now. Um, I'm just excited by that whole thing. Yes, yes, always. Yeah. All right, fine. That's Maybe what we've on. been watching. Let's move on now to this week's interview. Uh, and this week's guest is Pablo Schreiber. He's a man that you will remember from his roles as Mad Sweeney on American Gods, uh, The Wires, Nitsabotka. 
Beth especially likes him in that. Oh, and okay. Orange is the New Black's porn stash, to name but three. This week, of course, sees him pull on the Spartan armor of the Master Chief, John 117, in Halo on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, and I had a good old chat with him over Zoom recently to talk all about it. This is me and Pablo Schreiber. Hey, Pablo, how you doing? Good, how you doing, James? I'm not too bad. So you're back at home now. You're not in, in Budapest, which is good. When are you heading back to do season two? Very soon, very soon. Uh, in the month to a month and a half. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, mid-summer for sure. Oh, nice. Start shooting uh, in August. Yeah. And now the most important question, if you're spending a lot of time in Budapest, have you gone on a pilgrimage to the Colombo statue? No. Do you know, so, okay, this is absolutely true. And I know this because I went there and I saw it. There is a bronze statue of Peter Falk as Colombo yeah. in the middle of Budapest. 100% true. 100% true. Well, okay, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll get I'll get a GPS uh, location and, and go next time I'm there. Go and have a look. It's right in the middle of town. I believe it's because some guy like who was, I want to say, like a mayor of Budapest thought he was related to Peter Falk. There's a whole history behind it. But there is a very well-visited bronze statue in the middle of Budapest. You should totally go there, take a picture with it, and tweet it out. That's amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> but enough about Columbo, enough about Columbo. We are, of course, here to talk about Halo. And it has to be said, like, I wasn't really sure what to expect from this because, you know, this has been a long time coming. They've been trying to make the series, you know, at first as a film and then as a TV series for quite a number of years. Uh, and obviously, it's a video game thing. I was thinking, well, you know, what is this going to be? And I don't think anything had really prepared me for the fact that this show really does not fuck about. Like, literally, first five minutes of this show, we've got teenagers' heads exploding. We've got this covenant slaughtering all of Quan's friends on Madrigal, uh, and then that insane firefight within the Spartans show up. I mean, was that script the first one they showed you when you got involved? Was that your first look at it? Yep, yep. Episode one and episode two were the only ones that I read uh, before signing on. Um, and and they, you know, they, they went through some changes and rewrites uh, as, as we fine-tuned and got closer to production. But for the most part, those scripts were pretty much what, what you see on screen uh, from what I saw when, when, uh, when I first read them. And it's what, what drew me to the project. Uh, and it, you're right. It doesn't fuck about. It, <laughs> it's right down to the action, puts you right into the nitty gritty. I mean, a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the first season, uh, quite honestly, is, is uh, about creating the rules of, you know, what the universe is going to be like. Mm. Going and so episode one, obviously was, you really want to get right into the to the action, you know, what people are expecting, the gunfights. It's it's Halo. You have to establish that universe, right? So right off the bat, you, you gotta start with a big, a big gunfight and a big battle that that feels like Halo. Um, and then also very quickly you want to get into um, you know, starting to tell the story that uh, that we're trying to embark on, which is the personalization and the humanization of, of Master Chief, right? Uh, I love between between Master Chief the soldier and John the man, um, and that's really the arc of the first season is that that dynamic and that conversation. So you want to get into that pretty quickly too, and so a lot of it, you know, can it, it is uh, un- can be an uncomfortable experience for longtime Halo fans <laughs> because you're undercutting a lot of the relationship between um, between the gamer and the chief, right? Yeah. Who, the the character was created to be an avatar, a stand-in for the gamer, and you're meant to fill in a lot of the aspects and subtleties of his personality with your own. 
And so when you're trying to make a long form television series, that's going to last for a long time. It was very important early on to, um, to change the rules of that relationship. Quickly. Yeah. hundred percent. Honestly, I think it was an incredibly smart decision to, to kind of separate this from the game timeline, you know, and make it do its own thing and feel like its own entity. Could it partly be so the series doesn't get bogged down in everything that came before? Uh, but I do love the fact that you did a, I was about to say a boot camp, two boot camps for this, but one of them was so you did a physical stuff boot camp and then a nerd boot camp to download all the impenetrable lore and jargon and stuff from this game series, uh, which frankly I imagine was much harder work than the other one. <laughs> what was that like? It really was, especially for sort of ADD person like myself to sit, you know, <laughs> sit with all of this information. Um, but it was it was key. It was hundred percent. The you know, it was the first thing I did when I got the role was go up to Seattle and do three four threes boot camp before yeah. any physical stuff um and it, and it was the most important thing is because it really it really blew my mind because my only experience of halo had been you know playing it uh, at friends houses in in versus shooter mode i'd never played campaign you know or the story version of the game i had no idea that it was this like treasure trove of mythology and lore uh I quickly learned it was when I went up to Seattle. Yeah, it, it's a lot when you look at the whole thing. You're like, and a guilty spark is what now? Like, what? <laughs> it's a lot. You get into that forerunner stuff, and at the beginning, you're just like, holy shit, man! What? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it, when it starts to crystallize, and when you start to see the whole thing in a big picture, and see, you know, how much work has been put into it, and how detailed it is, and you know, how, how long this thing has been um, worked on by so many people, you really get a sense of its scale and scope. And it's very, very, very impressive. Yeah, it, it is kind of cool. I mean, I've played all the games. I must admit, if you told me, if you like sat me down with a gun to my head and said, please summarize the plot of Halo today, <laughs> I would have no idea where to start. So yeah. I do feel your pain. But I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because uh, on the one hand, like an IP like this comes with a pre-built audience. You know, it's already quite high profile before it even gets out the gate but everyone has this preconceived notion obviously of who this this character is and what i really liked about this is they very clearly let you put your own stamp on this character and 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 let you make him your own and it's a very different iteration of the master chief and i wondered like did the gaming stuff and that audience thing give you pause and did it the fact that you were able to make it your own did that kind of help allay those fears a little bit you know i think what's interesting is uh it's each each person who plays the game is their own chief. Mm. Right? So for everyone who plays the game, it's a very personalized experience. Everyone's playing their own chief. And so I, I don't want to say, I, I don't really feel like it's like I made it my own. It's like, this is just my chief. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's so key and integral to the experience is that the, the chief that was created for the games is a stand-in. It's an avatar. It's, it's, it's you know, what people are meant to put the, their own personality on top of. It doesn't hold the subtleties and nuance of personality mm. because you're meant to fill it in yourself. So that's what was so important about, you know, knocking that down and getting the relationship, a new relationship with the audience this, uh, to accept a chief going forward is that the moment I take my helmet off, it's, this is just, you know, my version of the chief inside the costume. But yeah. 
what's so funny is, you know, everybody's all up in arms about like, it's not cheap. He doesn't behave <laughs> like he in the games. Well, of course he doesn't behave like he does in the games. All you see in the games is chief in battle. All you see in the games is, you know, him in the suit, in the helmet, in battle, because that's gameplay, right? But in this, you know, what's different about this versus, say, like the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian has a very specific set of rules and morals that limit him from taking off his helmet, right? Mm. And in the Halo universe, there's no such rule. Spartans are out of their helmet, out of their gear all the time. And the only rule that ever kept Chief in his gear and in the helmet was the unspeakable thing of not seeing his face. So you don't spoil the thing of it being you. Yeah. So when people are all up in arms about it's not chief or whatever, you know, it's just, it's fine. And, you know, I don't, I don't mind that you're having that experience, but you have to realize you're having that experience because of your preconceived expectations of the character you played as you. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent, and that's and, and it's fine. You know, we always knew it was going to be uncomfortable for many, many people to have this new relationship with Chief. And if you can't get on board with that, and that's not a relationship you want to have with that character, it's no problem. And you're always, you know, invited to play the games whenever you want and have that relationship whenever you want. Right? You can always go back to that. Yeah, this is an invitation to a new experience and a new way of interfacing the halo universe that, you know, so many people have loved for so long, but, but interfacing with it in a new and different way. And you're hundred percent right about the helmet thing. Like it would make no sense at all for him never to take it off at all. But I mean, having now worked in that armor with that helmet on for, let's be honest, probably quite long periods of time. It must make you want to give Pedro Pascal a hug and be like, brother, I feel you. (laughs) Yeah. Or ask him how much he's actually in there. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've had that conversation as well. Hey man, if you can get that job, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Some guys, shit. I'll take that check. <laughs> I mean, but like, so the armor's got to be pretty uncomfortable, and you're 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 wearing it a lot. And I'm I'm thinking that when your face is covered, obviously the performance then is at that point ninety nine percent physical, and presumably doing a physical performance while so limited in how you can move is actually really fucking hard. Like that, how did you go about that? It's interesting. You know, one of the things that you that you realize quickly when when you start doing this is how much um, how much can be communicated through subtle, you know, movement and Mm. and body language. Um, But also and in addition to that, in aid of that, in service to that, how much of uh, their own preconceived notions an audience will put on top of somebody who's masked and in a costume, right? Like you get, because you're kind of taking away the facial expression, which is the main form of communication, people begin to put so much more of their own experiences onto a person who's masked. And so it kind of, it it works for you in that way. Like um, in, in combination with, you know, very subtle body language and, and, and I think the thing that, you know, helps in the suit acting, the biggest quality, if anyone, someone was going to say, like, what's, what do you focus on when you're doing suit acting? <laughs> it's, it's listening, right? Like, yeah. the more you listen to what's being communicated to you, the more people will see the subtleties of communication. Um, 
but but yeah so much of it too is is what the audience puts onto it from their own experience yeah no i, I get you i know I, I i love this show i thought it was loads and loads of fun speaking to someone who's enjoyed the games an awful lot and it really you know i won't say that my expectations weren't high i'd say i was trying to keep it neutral but it very much surpassed them i think for me i loved it but but speaking of things i love i have to say like it is it kind of it's wild to actually think this but it is literally 20 years since the wire this year which kind of blows my mind Clearly one of the greatest TV shows, if not the greatest TV show ever made. And you famously headlined the second season as Nick Sabotka. I mean, when you were doing that, did you have any idea what that show was when you were making it? No, um, I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody did. That was yeah. the, well, the beauty of it is, I mean, maybe maybe David Simon had some, you know, preconceived notion that it was going to be his, you know, brilliant genius and masterpiece. <laughs> but um it, no, everybody was was just engaged in 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 that one. You know, the scripts were so good. From you could just tell that the material was such high quality and such high level that as actors, we were all just trying to do justice and service to the material. Um, the casting director Alexa Fogel um, put together just the most amazing group of like non fussy, really really good actors to who just like showed up and just did their part and did it well. Um, so yeah, I mean, such a, such a pleasure to have that um, be the first like major thing that I ever worked on and a huge set, a huge bar that was always been hard to, you know, get back to, yeah. but also created a real desire early on to, to commit to, you know, the written word and commit to material and starting with material and always fighting for, for, for good material. Um, and, Writing. And that stayed with me through through my whole career. Um, and, you know, similarly, like I had another one of those experiences with Orange is the New Black, where you, you're making something uh, that nobody really knew what they were making and, and nobody knew what it would turn into and just, you know, became uh, uh, overnight sensation, which, you know, nobody could have expected yeah. a little show about women's prison. You know? um, like, where's the audience for that? Who's going to watch that? <laughs> And, you know, Netflix, they found their audience. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Although I was devastated to find out recently that the porn stash, the, the iconic porn stash, was not a real stash. Listen, you know, this, uh, I've, I've been involved in breaking a lot of people's hearts. You know? <laughs> the things, I'm ruining a lot of childhoods <laughs> with Halo and, and with people finding out that the porn stash wasn't real. I, I mean, I have a huge amount of guilt for uh, all these broken dreams, but <laughs> shocking, shocking stuff. But Pablo, listen, this has been loads of fun. Thanks so much. Thanks, James. Really appreciate your time, man. That was Pablo Schreiber. Let's talk news. What has been happening? Well, there's one obvious big announcement. Is there? Tell us. Squid Game. Oh, yeah. They're actually doing yeah. a real Squid because Game. In case you, well, no, there's two. It's two prong news. Oh. First, they confirmed. It hadn't actually been confirmed. I thought it was confirmed. No, not until this week. I'm yeah. sure it was confirmed. No, it was not. They put Are you out, sure? James, because I've been paying attention, they put out a, a, a thing with saying it's official. We yeah. have commissioned second season of And everyone was like, coming. duh. Yeah, but it hadn't been confirmed. Okay. So it's officially week. confirmed now. Yeah, and the creator and writer-director did, did a, a video and said, yeah, yeah you know, and they kind of talked about different characters that it's going to focus on and... Um, yeah, it was in, it's it's fascinating. But then you're right. The second, then the second announcement came along that the actual real Squid Game, a reality show, 
um, based on the whole idea of it, Squid Game The Challenge, it's called, is going to happen on Netflix. And it's going to have the largest cast, 456 real players yep. taking part in this game, <laughs> based on a series of games featured in the show, but presumably without the lethal element. I mean, yeah, you would think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and they're competing for a, a lump, a lump some cash prize of $4.56 million. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty fucking crazy. That is deranged. Yeah. I'm not sure how on board with this I am. <laughs> I just kind of think like, hey, this is all me. really funny, but it's just like... You know how really, really bleak, dark, and upsetting the show is at times? Yeah. Does this translate? I mean, it's not fucking Beat the Chasers, is it? Like, well, It's just mm. a game show, isn't it? If you treat it as just a game show and you kind of love Squid Game, it's pretty win-win, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't go expecting the emotional gravitas of Squid Game no. in a reality show. I'm just saying, if they play the bridge game, I'm not watching it. I, I I don't think they uh, they're definitely not going to kill them, James. That's yeah. what I would say. <laughs> Which um, is a bit of light maiming, is what you're saying. Yeah, or even that. What I like about it is that they're really going for it with that, with those but, but, 456 people yeah. and the and the yeah. prize. Which money. is good. It's fun. It's are funny. they going to be in the dormitory? Is that are they going to do that? I, part I of it? very much assume they will. Mm. The one thing that I'm sure they will do, and I am speaking for on behalf of Netflix, even though I don't know, <laughs> is utilize the design and the whole. I mean, thing you'll have completely. to. Yeah. Well, because the iconography of Squid right. Game is one of the reasons why it's so successful, exactly. right? So yeah. you're going to have all of that yes. stuff. Yeah. Is it going to be in Korean? Um, I assume so. Yeah. I think so. Because well, the dub was terrible. Uh, the dub was, yeah, <laughs> actually, you, that's not true. The dub was fine. Uh, will the VIPs be there? Why are you watching it dubbed or not? With I experimented with both. Oh, I wanted to, well, because I mean, no, you told me to, because you, you said you meaning. wanted to know if the VIPs, what they were like in the dub, oh, yeah, or, you know, right. so oh, that right. was why. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, will the VIPs be there? Will there be weird sex things going on in the background? <laughs> that would Who be knows? Fun. Tune in to find out. The, um, what's interesting is the 10-episode competition series is a co-production between Studio Lambert, the people who make, for example, um, Gogglebox, one of your favourites. Right, yes. So it's a British, actually a British production, part of ITV Studios. That'll be filmed in the UK. So as to your question about whether it's, um, what language is it, it might be in English, in fact. Okay. Thank you, Ben. I mean, probably will do, yeah. given, given yeah. you know. Um, but fascinating, yeah. That is fascinating. That's great. Do you know what's mental? I've just seen, like, here's, here's something that is perhaps less essential than that. So, Beth, this is definitely one for you. If you have missed Obi-Wan Kenobi, you shouldn't worry about it, because guess what? In cinemas, you're going to be able to watch all five and a half hours of it in one sitting because Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to cinemas. To be fair, only in America at the moment. I don't know if it's coming to, to it's cinemas in the UK. Five and a half. Who is going to sit through that for five and a half hours? Honestly, just absolutely, absolutely also, not. why are they doing that and not... Why haven't they done that before with like... I'd much rather see Mando in a cinema. Do you know what I mean? Why are they doing that with Obi-Wan? Did they? Well, I think it's because it's because of the nature of it, because it's tied to the films. You know, I mean, because it has that 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 also it's shorter shared DNA. Isn't it? Because Mando is ten episodes. Wasn't it, it is shorter so as well. Five hours, uh, at least five hours. Right. Well, even longer, in fact, wasn't it? Because they weren't even half an hour each, were they? Mando episodes. Uh, I don't remember. I remember them being good, yeah. which is obviously a distinction yeah. between you know. Yeah. Uh, what else has been happening in the world? Three Ooh. words for you. Go on. Starstruck. Season. Um, oh, yes. Three. That's good news. That is good news. I mean, I haven't watched season two yet, but still. Are you fucking kidding me? Look, it's on Come the on. list. It's on the list somewhere between Barry, oh, Better Call Saul, right. and For All Mankind. Right. Here's what you're going to do. Here's the day. <laughs> you're going to get up about 5, 6 a.m. Right. If you've even gone to bed from watching the like, of course. hundred hours of Expanse, you're going to do. Yeah. Which ones have we said now? I reckon you could do Hacks. Hacks was eight episodes, yeah? That's four hours. I think it might be 10, actually. 
Yeah, I've got sneaky feeling it? it's 10. Right. All right, that's going to take you up to 10, 11 o'clock. Right. Bear in mind, bearing in mind that next week we get the last two episodes of Stranger Things, which are about a week oh, long. Oh, yes. So just, yes. just that's a good keep point. that in mind. I'm not saying that time. I'm saying it could be any day. Right, okay. okay. Any day. 6 a.m. start. You'll be finished with Hacks about 10, 11. Right. Barry season... 10 episodes, season one, eight, season two. FYI. Okay, okay. so we're doing 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. You're done. <laughs> Great. I like, like a like a 11th's break kind of thing. Then with a biscuit, with a biscuit, right? Then you can settle into Barry season. I just go Barry season three. I think if you if you get the gist of where it is, there's quite a good. I think considering we had a big break over the pandemic anyway, and come back to it, I didn't feel disorientated. Oh no, I agree, but he's not going to do that because he's missing. He's so anal. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's not skipping around. Yeah, he's ever going to. I do can't that. even skip one episode because no. it would just upset me yeah. beyond words. All right, we maybe maybe do that the day before then. I, well, you can do the three seasons of Barry in like a day and a half, I reckon. If you didn't do anything else, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's that's the day before. That feels like the kind of thing that might push me over the edge. Like like from the way you've talked about Barry, it seems like I would be in a very bad headspace if I did that. <sighs> Listen, I'm trying. I'm a very delicate little maybe, flower. You must maybe, remember okay, this. We'll, we'll make it like a weekend event. We'll right. make it a whole like a, a bumper bonanza. So you you do first season of Barry, come in with Hack season two. That's 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 your lunchtime. Then Big Boys. That's what six episodes. I've forgotten about Big Boys. Yeah, no. Oh you God, had. yeah, well done. Yeah, six episodes. Six yeah, episodes. Yeah. Three hours. You're about mid-afternoon at this stage. Barry, season two. I mean, I'm already broken at this point. I'm in floods of tears. I've just finished Big Boys. Where am I going from there? Straight into the cold, hard genius of Barry. Okay, mm. right. Mm. Next season. So now you're, you're, you're early evening about this time. <laughs> then we're going... Then By the way, listeners can't see, but it, the visual is Beth's doing that. You know, like Minority Report yeah. when he's yeah. like flicking around, yeah. hands flicking around the screen. She's There's working through a virtual screen. playlist. Yeah. She's programming it and like like, like the Netflix yeah. UI, like, but just virtually. Moving yeah. like Matrix code around. It's good. And then we're going to Starstruck season two. End on a high. We end on a high. Brutal start to the next day with Barry season three. I would right. say. And then what was the what was the last one we haven't done? Better Call Saul. And then you just coast straight into Better Call Saul. Then I just stormed be through every season of Better Call Saul yeah. in a row. Yeah. And we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> Enriched for, uh... in a live. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Watching someone's head get cut off and stuck on the back of a tortoise, that's 100% going to put me in the, the best possible mood. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah. Like I said, Better Call Saul, I feel like the sooner you embrace it as a love story, the, the sooner you're going to get know, on no, with it. You know, I love a love story. I do. I, I do, do love a love story. Weirdly so. I do. So, <laughs> so okay. Oh, I do have my go. work. It's getting very stressful. But I would like, can you write me some kind of sick note for Chris? Like some kind of, I hereby excuse James from watching any films for the Empire Podcast. The I've already volunteered to sit in for you. I'll sit in for you. That's fine. fine. I'll take out like a sabbatical because yeah. I would catch up on TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it naturally happens that boy watches all these films anyway and you mm. don't so yeah. yeah we can just exactly that is true I go to that is true I'm diligent and, uh, <laughs> also you know and I should I should mention while we are talking about things I don't know what's got me thinking about this I think in terms of clearing my view list that it is our 200th episode in a not short period of time yeah and yes. we may do a thing yeah. for two hundred episodes. This now, are we? Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm being deliberately slightly vague about it. But there may be a thing. There may be a two hundred thing. There may be a something of the for thing. the Pilot TV podcast. So a just just have that thing. in your head if you have a calendar and reckon that you can work out roughly when the two hundredth episode will be. Maybe keep it clear. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Just maybe, maybe have that in your maybe, diary. Maybe, maybe do that. Mm. It might mm, be worth your while. Uh... Yes. Okay, fine. Night news. Lincoln Lawyer's getting another season. Who cares? Uh, 
what else is happening? Just, Link- for, for just, to, just now, yeah. I've got this this from, you know, Paramount Plus is doing, I mean, we are going to be talking quite a lot about Paramount We Plus, will, But yes. just to say, they've released a teaser trailer for this new series, Tulsa King, yeah. which is, again, you know, just when every major star you think has done a TV series or has got a TV series, mm. the one, the handful left, Sylvester Stallone, yeah. this is a Sylvester Stallone project, so Sly doing TV is very exciting. And also the very talent exciting. involved in this show it's pretty extraordinary because you've got um, Taylor Sheridan again, who's now like seems to be in charge of about ten he's shows. Non-stop. That yeah, guy. he's a busy, Absolutely busy non-stop. man. Yeah, he's exec producing it. But the showrunner is Terence Winter of The Sopranos and Wolf of Wall Street fame. And Terence Winter is a fucking brilliant, brilliant writer. Yeah. Um. So and he's showrunner of this of this sliced alone gangster drama. Stallone plays New York Mafia capo Dwight the General Manfredi just as after he's released from prison after twenty five years. And he's exiled by his boss to set up shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I, yeah, I'm very excited about that project. James. <laughs> very good. Very good. Ted Lasso ending on season three. Yes. Well, I mentioned that on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Did you? Yeah. Ooh. At least all last week. Or maybe the week before. I don't oh, remember. But yes, I did. I did mention that. Oh, it's Sorry. happened. I've started listening to people as well. You've taught me to be Oh, I know you don't listen to me. Attention. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> absolutely fine. Also, kind of understandable. Uh, speaking of things you won't listen to, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson are joining or have joined the cast of The Last of Us TV show. And that is incredibly exciting. Troy Baker and Ashley, uh, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, of course, being the the actual game voices of Joel and Ellie oh, from the game nice. and they're going to be in the show obviously not playing Joel and Ellie but they're yeah. going to be in the show and that's very exciting what is also exciting is they're doing a PS5 remake of the original Last of Us game and they're calling it The Last of Us Part 1 and that's going to be out in September very very psyched about that because it's the greatest game of all time and yeah Last of Us um, Carlson News has been going on for about two years as far as I can make out yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. They're drip feeding information. But I'm really so are. psyched for that show. Uh, very excited. But boy, I'm very, very, very disappointed in you that you have not mentioned the Doctor Who news. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. you're right. My doppelganger, apparently, Neil Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. Patrick Harris. I've told you this before, right? My nickname <laughs> at school was Doogie Howser. Do you not know this? Oh, yeah, but going yeah. back then, but yeah. now. No, I mean, no, I don't look anything like him. I didn't look anything like him then. He's got a lush head of my school. Yeah, he does. He does. And a, shall we say, more pronounced sense of style than I have. But yes. Well... Um, yeah, very, very exciting. Neil Patrick Harris playing, um, clearly playing, well, playing, I think what was described by Rossi Davis is, as um, the Doctor's worst villain yet, or his most, his, his harshest enemy yeah. yet. And John Sim on, I think, Instagram said, oh, charming, not, not the harshest, <laughs> <right>, effectively, <laughs> as, as previous iteration of the Master. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what his character is going to be on the internet. And um, again, I think it's an example of every time you think they've finished with the announcements for the Doctor Who, this is, he's going to be in the 60th anniversary episodes, which will happen next year. And, yeah. which is, and every, people are going, <laughs> Russell goes, I'm not going to talk any more about the new series because Jodie's still, we have some, but I think it's just because they're filming in very, they're filming this, this, these scenes in Bristol in very yeah. open public spaces. When you're filming on location in the middle of Bristol and Neil Patrick Harris is yeah. clearly walking along, you've got to make an announcement, otherwise it's just going to be spoiled by it. Because there's a whole, there's, I don't know if you know this, there's a whole online community of people who follow or who try to find out where Doctor Who is filming mm. on location. Your, they your go people. My, these are my, yeah. people <laughs> and they go there and they and they observe filming and they spread news about you know not to spoil it they hashtag it so that if you don't want to if you want to avoid spoilers I love the way that you are currently boyd explaining the concept of nerds but carry on I am <laughs> yeah but it's well a special kind it's a special of community yeah. yeah it's a special okay, community sure. of, um, of people who follow around <laughs> Doctor Who um, on location yeah <laughs> is that the end of news 
Yes. Given that we have about yes. a billion reviews to do, let's go into this week's reviews now. Oh, fuck me. We're in the Wild West now. Uh, time for the absolute bloody chaos section where Boyd, Beth and myself try to navigate the kind of jam-packed listings this week. So uh, I have no earthly idea who has seen what this week. Uh, so I'm just going to rattle. This is like a box of delights. It's like mm. a tombola or a bag of revels, if you prefer. Uh <laughs> But I'm going to rattle through everything in no particular order, and we will let the chips fall where they may. Amazing. Okay, you ready? Yeah. What's first in the tombola? Let's pull one out. (laughs) Oh, look, it's Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, my God. Let's begin with this one. Let's begin where no one has gone before, or rather where 1960s Star Trek, and indeed Discovery, very much have. Uh, By which, of course, I mean the USS Enterprise in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which sees Anson Mount back in the captain's chair for a spin-off series based on his appearance in Discovery Season 2. Who among us has seen this? Beth. Oh, no, I obviously haven't. Have I? <laughs> I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I know you haven't seen it. I'm going to do it. what I usually do when you go off on one of these is I'm going to think what? about... What? Go through your emails? No, I'm going to think about Risky and play the Parks and Rec theme song in my head. <laughs> right, okay. That's my happy place. I'm right, going to think about my, my cat rolling around on the floor to the Parks and Rec theme song. So that's where I'm going to be right now okay. while you go and do whatever it is that's that we do. happen. Yeah, yeah okay. Right. I know Boyd's seen this because I know you'll be excited because this is a proper take your back to the 1960s we've remade the original series show. <laughs> and is. I want to know what you think of it. I very, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's a delight. Um, first of all, it's brilliantly cast. I mean, apart from, you know, the, the joy of having Anson Mount back as uh, Christopher Pike, original captain of the USS Enterprise, you've got Ethan Peck as Spock. Ethan Peck, who is, I believe, grandson of Gregory Peck, is that right? I think. Sure, why not? Um, I only mentioned that in passing because it's a good Could interest. we? Could we just, just take a second to talk about <laughs> Ethan Peck's hair? Yes. Which bothered me. So he has the Spock cut. Yeah. But I don't know whether he has particularly unruly wavy hair, but it's got a weird shimmy, sort of a shimmy to it. Mm. It's got a little... But yeah. also his sideburns are incredibly upsetting. Yeah. Like, so, funny. so Star Trek has always <laughs> had pointy sideburns. That's been a thing. But he has pointy wavy <laughs> sideburns that go all the way yeah. down to his jawline. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You'd there, be laughed out of the Vulcan Science Academy. There is an interview with him where he talks about his um, what he had to do to make, get that look. Really? His eyebrows. and Did he whole... lose a bet? <laughs> No, but he talked about how he think. I think he made sure he had all the right, the hair and the eyebrows and everything was all real, rather than having to. You know. I'd have given him a wig, but carry okay. on, carry on. Um, he's great. Celia Rose Gooding as Uhura, mm. who of course you know Uhura was absolutely groundbreaking, legendary bit of casting in the in the OG and still best Star Trek. Um, but that is just very. I think it's just very, very well cast because they're all they're kind of even. So Ethan Peck, for example, it's not like an impersonation of Leonard Nimoy, but there's enough Leonard yeah. Nimoy in there. Because in Discovery season two, he was quite a long way from Nimoy Scott's spot. Because I think his spot was going through some shit then. Yeah. Whereas now he's back into sort of classic spot mode. Hence the right. Hair. Yeah, exactly. And. It is, and they, you know, the first episode they kind of gather, they gather them in. in it's, it's beautifully filmed. I mean, it, lo- it looks. I think it looked looks fantastic. I don't know what you feel, but like you know, oh, going back to the old, it's stunning. Well, just your your. But, um, but it still has that slight. So I won't say like cheap sixties vibe. Like it has that sixties aesthetic while still right. seeing incredibly lavish. That was what and, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. they brilliantly because obviously the original is unbelievably not lavish. I mean, it is, no, it's I mean the original. The, mm. the joke that everyone makes about um, Doctor Who back in the day when it was in the 70s and you know etc of being you know kind of cardboard sets and all that actually that that yeah. star trek is even more so 100%. in many ways mm. it's it's creaky and it's clunky and all of that so they have 
rather brilliantly, I think, um, made it look, it is beautifully made and directed and, and shot and all of that. And yet, you're right, they stick to, it doesn't feel like they're kind of taking too much, making it more up to date than it needs to be. Yeah. They're sticking to the aesthetic, as you put it quite rightly, of the OG series. But it is going to be episodic. It is a different story every week. And I mm. and just the joy of that. You, you can you can almost sense from the writing and there's it's witty and charming and funny. And um it just feels le- it just feels airier and less stressed out than the disco one and the Picard one and the which are all very you know, I'm not complaining about. I like I like complex universes. I like you know, I'm Doctor Who. Do you know? You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I you defend- always moan about it if you've got to memorize I, more than thirty or forty characters. I, I'm <laughs> I, no, no, no. I I'm not moaning about it. I, I find it difficult. Yeah. I'm not the kind of, I'm not, you know, it, I, I can't reel off. You know, I always, I always talk about Helen O'Hara is brilliant at having, and you're, you as well, you, the digestion of myriad characters and their place in over decades of, <laughs> you know, of this stuff. I, I just, I just can't, I can't remember all the yeah. details and all the characters' names and that. But I don't, I'm not saying I don't like it. I do like, and in fact, the Stephen Moffat era of Doctor Who, for example, that often gets accused of being overly complicated and all of that, and he, he would go back into lore and there were time, the timey wimey elements, all of that. I loved all that. I thought mm. I, was, I never complained about that one bit. I, I, you know, I just would find it difficult to memorize it all and you know be able to explain to you in ten sentences what the whole thing was about. Anyway, I, I do feel like though when when you get a show which is a refreshingly not that this mm. is very much a reaction to that stuff this is it's simple in a good way it's clear it's fun it's mainly fun and i thought and i thought everyone involved seems to be having a good time i think as viewers i think we're having a good time as well as you know yes i haven't been massively looking forward to this no i've i've been turned around ah i've been turned around it's a masterpiece. Wow. Like, wow. From what I've seen so far, I am blown away mm. by this series. And it has reminded me why I love Star Trek to begin with. Yeah. In a way that Picard and Discovery have done their level best to make me forget. Uh, and I think part of the problem is, it's like when you, like going back to that original formula, that kind of procedural episodic format where it's a new spatial anomaly every week sort of thing. If you have the odd shit episode, who gives a shit? Because we've moved on by the next yeah, week. Yeah. The problem with Picard and Discovery is if you have a shit story, that's your whole season right there, ruined. Yeah. And they managed it because the most recent Picard, the most recent Discovery, incredibly tedious because it's a shit story spread out over however many episodes. Yeah. Whereas with this, and frankly, of all the ones I've seen, there hasn't been a single bum story yet. Um, I'm really enjoying it. And exactly as you say, the casting is genius. But I think the thing that is most telling for me about this is... By the time I got to the end of the second episode, I felt I knew every member of the crew. Mm. Every member of the British crew, I I more or less knew their names. I had a sense of who they were. I had a sense of what they wanted. I had a sense of their back. They felt distinct. They felt rounded. They felt like the original Star Trek crew. And yeah, the original Star Trek crew do fit into broad archetypes. And the next gen... Next gen, of course, being superior. But but they do fit into archetypes, but they're distinct. Not like the Discovery Bridge crew, who even now, however many, four seasons in, I cannot name half of them. They're so bland and boring. And this lot, I'm like, they've taken time to let you get to know the characters. And I wonder whether that's partly due to the kind of the episodic format where like episode two is an Uhura episode. You know, mm. you get to know a little bit more about her, mm. uh, you know. Uh, so many great characters as you say she's fantastic I really enjoyed if you will remember Jolly Rogerson from Line of Duty Christina Chong yes. who plays La'an Noonien Singh in this like she's the sort of English security officer slightly brash and growling she's really good in it and I'm actually really enjoying all of them but the MVP for this for me 100% is Anson Mount as Captain Pike he was 
the best thing in Discovery Season 2. He's brilliant. He's so charismatic. And he commits to this role so much. And he has that charisma and that swagger that Shatner had. You know, that kind of where you just think, this man could do anything. And you love it. And you just want to see him do anything. And there's a scene in Episode 2 where they just sit down and have dinner. And they just chat, him and the crew. And it's it feels organic. It feels fresh. It feels fun. And it's just them having dinner. It's so good. So, yeah, mm. I'm I'm surprisingly very much here for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I will say, if you've been put off Star Trek by, uh, you know, recent abominations then give it another go because this this is this is good and actually i'm i'm here for the change of format that's not to say i'm giving up on serialized stuff but <laughs> but for now i'm happy to have it like it, it is, is it, this is you know this is what tv was like before frankly <laughs> yes you know, it is in, 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 you know you didn't worry worry about everything having to be serialized to the nth degree because there will there are arcs there will be story arcs in the show well there's the arc of obviously yeah. pike's future because exactly. he saw his future in discovery and that right. feeds into this yes so there there always there arcs in again to keep banging on about doctor who but you know doctor who is a different story every week but the but the brilliant thing in the, from the Russell all the big great years, there's always arcs as yeah. well beneath that and alongside it running parallel to the episodic story of the week's thing. It's just, that's the way TV was for decades and decades. It's only now they're all obsessed with, you know. I do love a serialized show. Though. Yeah, but I think there should be more and more yeah. of this. There's there's room, there's, it's a, we're a broad church. Yeah. There's room for everything. Yes. Okay, well, Star Trek Strange New World has already aired in the US, but if you are here in the UK, it drops along with everything else this week on Paramount Plus on the 22nd, which is Thursday. Paramount Plus is available via Sky and Now, I believe. You, also, you can also get it independently. It's its own app as well, I think. You can so you actually on... don't need Sky or no, Now to get it? I believe okay, not. that's that's new I information. not. Okay, good to know. Um, yes. Good to know. All right, well, next out of the hat, we have... Rumble, 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 rumble. <laughs> the man who fell to Earth. So you might remember the 1976 movie, which had David Bowie in it. Uh, and this is the sequel, and this stars Chiwetel Ejiofor as an alien who arrives on Earth to learn how to become human, to find a way to save his species. I think, I don't know, because I haven't seen it. Have either of you seen this one? Yes. 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 Tell me all about it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember too much. I haven't seen the film in a very long time. The last time I saw it, actually, was in, I went to Glasgow Film Festival and they played it in a planetarium. Oh, brilliant. So they played it, Amazing. blasted onto, I mean, I know how you two would feel about that with the resolution and, the, <laughs> you know, how it transfers, but it was, mm. it was really beautiful. So that was the last time I saw it and that was a good few years ago. So I'm coming into this relatively fresh-eyed, um, and I thought this was just a really, I guess, initially I had hesitations. I was like, well, do we need this? Do we actually need this for a show? Um, and then I, I saw that it really is a vehicle for Chiwetel Ejiofor that I've not seen for him before. Like it's given him the opportunity to play a character that goes on just like a completely unique weird wild trajectory so we start with him giving almost like one of those horrible silicon valley type ted mm. ted type talks um and he appears to be you know at the height of some sort of great kind of company or in, like an, an industrial figure basically um and then it charts back to his arrival on earth where he's not this like cool composed 
calming presence that we see at the start, but rather this like scared, erratic, very nude man. Very nude. Entirely nude. <laughs> Entirely nude. Hella nude uh, man who crashes, uh, crashes into a desert and his uh, path aligns uh, with Naomi Harris, who's got sort of a background of her own. I think it makes him bold. Here she is. Bold. bold. <laughs> makes some really bold visual choices uh, with this show. It almost like trips over itself to kind of load itself with loads of like visual cues. There's some incredibly close, like close, how do I say it? Incredibly close close-ups. Extreme, <laughs> extreme close-ups um, of like body features and and you can see like the pores in his face and like the eyelashes, every single eyelash in his, in his eyes and um, lots of PC editing and, and all sorts. But really, if you strip it away and just focus on his performance, I think this could just coast by on that to be honest it's been a while since I've seen and this is probably on me but I haven't seen uh, Chiwetel in in a proper meaty lead role in a really long time Um, and I think that this is yeah like a really really good vehicle for that really good platform for it Um, and it's it's good to see him working on a really robust complex character I've only seen the first episode so far but for most this is on my so. list incidentally he, obviously in between many other things but <laughs> he I think he's absolutely phenomenal he's yeah. such a good actor I mean, isn't he? but in, in this you have not waited I mean he does there's a lot yeah. to do it's a very demanding role very demanding mm. role he has to basically convince you that he's a non verbal human humanoid looking alien yeah. arriving on earth who manages to because he's incredibly an incredibly advanced mm. um alien they can digest and learn the english language for example within seconds but in a weird way where he's impersonating essentially people who he hears and he can tap into people who aren't even in his vicinity necessarily so basically he has, imp- he has his impressions if you like yeah. of you know characters who we meet and other people who we don't necessarily meet but we hear off screen and then he has to do unbelievable physical things as you say he's new to start with and he's got this fucking hose pipe stuffed down his mouth oh my god to get yeah. water because he needs desperately needs water huge amounts of water which is also in the original um, the David Bowie film um, but he is incredible mm. Abs- and he's funny because mm. he kind of his reactions are because he's so weird and freaky and everyone thinks he's some kind of like drug addict or whatever hmm. or, or person on the autistic spectrum for example um, because his behavior you know his behaviors is very advanced but he's not he's not he has no social norms just phenomenal I mean I think this could be the best thing role he's ever had you know I, I would Make put it that high. I, 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 the original is one of my favorite films. So yeah. I'm, I was fascinated. Now, it, this was not what I expected. I get, yeah. I kind of almost deliberately didn't really read much about this or yeah. pay much attention to it. I was aware it was vaguely happening, but it's in fact a sequel, which I didn't realize yeah. until I sat down and watched the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's kind of the same story because it is, again, it almost exactly, you know, sometimes scene for scene, you know, the beginning of the film is David Bowie arriving in New Mexico, I think, as an alien and doing the same, in a similar, going through a similar process to Chihuahua Edge of Force. But in this series, the David Bowie character is a character. Mm. This is the Um, other man who fell to earth. Yeah, the other man who fell to earth, played by Bill Nighy. Brilliantly, again, a brilliant bit of casting. If you want the older version of the David Bowie, you absolutely cast Bill Nighy. That's such a clever bit of casting. But I love the fact that it's kind of part reboot part sequel part kind of almost tribute to they use the same font 
as the original film. Oh, wow. Yeah, in the, in the poster and everything. They All the t- episode titles are named after Bowie songs. In 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 the in this episode in this um thing so episode one is Hello Space Boy, um uh, Under Pressure Moon Age Daydream they're all named after Bosons I'm sure you will appreciate he's a huge big Bowie fan oh, oh, James the just biggest a, just, a, <laughs> just generally a fan of classic popular music <laughs> and, cu- and culture um so I'm into it I think it's really well done as you say it's di- so the original and what's uh, so th- those decisions to to kind of almost jokingly nod to the original are great but stylistically it's completely different mm. and I think that is a wise move because mm. the original the Nick Rogue direction of the the original what's amazing about the original is and all Nick Rogue films are like this I think what's what made him a genius even he didn't write it or anything I think it was written by Paul Mayersberg who wrote lots of great films but all his films they do not explain what the fuck is going on you know you just kind of have to take in you almost have to kind of let 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 you yourself digest what the fuck is going on don't look now it does this as well you just have no idea what it just weird strange shit is happening yeah. weird strange shit's happening to david bowie's character in the original yeah. as and as it progresses you kind of just understand what the story is and what the characters are doing and what the implications are mm. whereas this very much as you say from that opening where basically it's like what if Elon Musk was an alien <laughs> I mean you know what do you mean uh, what if right exactly that's a genius move because he's this incredibly influential you know man who people are almost worshipping at his altar because he's managed to come up with technology funnily enough because he's from an advanced alien race on another planet that is that's all there again in the original, but it's so mystifyingly, enigmatically told in the original. It's so kind of um, beautiful the way the the I mean, it's creepy and weird and disconcerting. Whereas this, they've gone full on kind of thrilling, as you say, big like big close ups, big um, set pieces, kind of car chase on chase stuff, and, and you know, violent fights yeah. break out. It's just a different vibe. But it works really well, I think. that So just all the creative decisions that they've taken, as far as I'm aware, so far, I've only watched two episodes, seem to be the right ones. And I'm, I'm very much um, impressed by it. Well, I want to add that to my watch list immediately. Um, <laughs> all right, good. That is The Man Who Fell to Earth. Next, next out of the tombola. He's looking, he's looking. Here we go. Okay. It's 1883, or Yellowstone 1883, if you prefer. Uh, This is the prequel series to the phenomenally popular Yellowstone, and this takes place in, yes, 1883, uh, where James Dutton takes his family on a journey across the Great Plains. Has anyone seen this one? No. None of you have seen it? (laughs) No. Brilliant. Well, I have. As we explained to you, we can't watch everything. (laughs) Turns out not even we can watch everything. Luckily, though, I have seen this. Uh, This is really good. This is really, really... You know how I didn't get on with Yellowstone originally? I feel a little bit compelled to go back to it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to at this stage. Because... Yeah. It is, as you've said, like Republican succession. And uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's doing really well. Like It's a phenomenon. When I spoke to Captain Janeway, when I interviewed her, mm-hmm. like she was just like, oh, you're watching Yellowstone. It's fantastic. And I was like, so, oh, so. But this, this, this is really good. So this goes back to 1883. It's got Sam Elliott in it. Sam Elliott, of course, being an absolute legend. Tim McGraw is obviously in it as James Dutton. Uh, Faith Hill is in this as Margaret Dutton. Uh, it, and it's, it's basically, it's going back to say, it's sort of them going, it's while the West is still like a frontier. It's them going out there it starts it starts with one of the characters surviving uh, a massacre by native americans and it's brutal oh god i mean beth you would hate it it is nasty (laughs) and it doesn't stop being nasty like it's really hard watching at times because it takes place in this lawless time where anything goes where someone pickpockets you you shoot them in the back with a shotgun (laughs) like it's really really quite hard sometimes to get along with not going to that 
And the stuff that happens in the first episode, you're like, whew, you get to the end of it, and like, that was a bit gruelling, a bit difficult. I'm, I might watch another one just to make myself feel a bit better. You get to episode two, and oh my God, like, it is on a whole other level. It's like, oh my God. Like, the, by the end of that, I was just like, I need to lie down. Yeah, I don't like, know what I'm saying. It, <laughs> you know, it's a lot, but it's really, really good, really well acted. Uh, the characters, again, are compelling. There are Pinkertons in there, there are deputies in there, but also the level of cameos. There's a flashback at the beginning of episode two. Fucking Tom Hanks is in the flashback. You're joking no, I'm me. absolutely not joking you. It's a random flashback. Tom Hanks walks up and sits oh. down and you're like, what? And this is just a random flashback that lasts for like two minutes. Tom Hanks, that was it. Done. Brilliant. Tom Hanks. And then, later on in the episode, they wander into town to meet, oh, it's Sheriff. Oh, it's Billy Bob Thornton. Hello, Billy Bob Thornton. In it for another two minutes and he fucks off as well. Like, this is the quality of just random cameos they're getting in this show. So... I mean, it's a lot, but it's it's a really, really compelling show. And actually, I do want to watch all of this now. This is now on my ever-growing list oh because God. I'm like, I'm just, I'm so sold by the setting and how feral and kind of lawless it is. And you just like anything could happen. Mm. And yes, there's a little bit of you know how Star Trek was kind of wagon train to the stars. There's a little bit of do wagon. Don't do you ever? <laughs> there's a bit of wagon train to this where you know they're 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 taking these. I don't know if they're German or Dutch. I couldn't quite tell, but they're immigrants because I keep referring oh, to them as immigrants. Well, no, but I'm not even sure it tells you. And they're speak like my German's not good enough, and the languages are similar enough that I couldn't really tell. I think it's Dutch. I'm going to say Dutch. Okay. Someone's going to say you're an idiot they're German whatever <laughs> but they're just referred to as immigrants in the show generally down. yeah 100% yeah. I can't I couldn't tell but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to work out he said rattlesnake I don't know quite what that is in German anyway anyway so <laughs> they are like they're taking these 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 people too uh, and they're completely hopeless can't look after themselves and they're taking them on this sort of journey across the plains and so they are encountering almost like new things whether it be rustlers where each week so there's an almost an element of that but it isn't episode is very much serialized but it's yeah 1883 if you are into yellowstone why wouldn't you watch it and there's another prequel isn't it like yellowstone 2099 or something is coming uh so there's a few of these yeah with incredible costs that's the one with um, oh yeah unbelievable evolution yeah. i can't remember who yeah. they are right now yeah I, who, who can even imagine who the cameos will be like who's, harrison ford yeah harrison fucking ford i mean it's, it? it's direct yeah. and i think that's set in the i want to say like the 1930s yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's early 20th century i think i can't remember anyway so 1883 if you're a fan of yellowstone watch it if you're not a fan of yellowstone watch it if you like cowboys watch it if you're beth maybe don't it's quite, it's quite upsetting so there you go 1883 what's next coming out of the hat i am going to go with the first lady yes so this one is a reframing of american history through the eyes of various first ladies and it stars viola davis as michelle obama michelle pfeiffer as betty ford jillian anderson as eleanor roosevelt and that is just the start of a very deep bench Who's seen this? Nope. Yes. Boyd has seen it. I have. Tell us about the first lady. It's ruining my casting. Oh, uh, sorry. No, there's others. It's not as if there's yeah, a shortage. No, that's true. Yeah, so they are joined by... Um, so Viola Davis plays Michelle Obama. Um, Barack Obama is played by British actor O.T. Fagbenley of um, yes. Handmaid's Tale fame and many other great shows. He was also in Looking, in the early days of Looking. With and Russell Black Tony. Widow. Uh, yes, correct. Um, and he's very, and he is. I have to say, he's fantastic as Barack Obama because I think it's difficult to. I mean, you know, um, it's an understatement. It's difficult, but someone so present in our yeah. collective consciousnesses, right? We all, you know, one of the most famous people, and just the, his whole manner is kind of like iconic, to use that overused word. But O.T. Fred Bentley kind of captures his, you know how affable 
Barack Obama was. Yeah. Even sometimes, you know, in in the worst possible situations. Like in the episode one of this, he's told they found out the Obamas find out they need um, security because they're getting death threats, basically because they're black politicians and they're you know this is before he becomes president. And Michelle is, is is kind of furious. He doesn't really tell her the kind of the extra security just arrive outside their house, and she's annoyed with him. And he just manages to kind of deal with it in that charming, mm. as I say, affable way, even though they're facing death threats. He just captures that really well. So he's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland is Franklin D. D Roosevelt. Um, at, so, and Aaron Eckhart is Gerald Ford. Now, what's interesting about this whole... Oh, and Dakota Fanning's in it. She's Ford's daughter, Susan. So it doesn't even end there. Charlie Plummer's the young FDR. Yeah. It is, the cast is unbelievable. And they're all great, by the way. They're all, you know, they're all really, really good. But what is odd about this whole series, I have to say, it's like they've taken my objection or my issues with, um, you know, present day, particularly streaming peak TV, and the whole, you know, flashbacks, flash forwards, cutting between characters and other characters, and all of that. And they've turned it into the whole point of this show. So this show does not, as you may think, oh, it's telling the story of the Obamas, of the Roosevelts, mm. of etc. And, you know, there'll be two or three episodes about the Obamas, and then there'll be another two or three episodes about the Roosevelts, and then we'll move on to the forwards. No. Oh, no. It intercuts. <laughs> it cuts constantly between these three different first ladies and their families and husbands. Is that not discombobulating? Not only, but I haven't finished yet. Oh, sorry. Not only does it intercut between them constantly, it actually, within those, that, within that cutting around, it even has flashbacks. Oh, God. To be fought to their earlier lives no, played by no, other actors. No. Is Tom Hanks no. in any so, of these yeah. flashbacks? I mean, he may pop up any minute <laughs> as the eight-year-old fucking FDR. But there is, yeah, so there's a kid playing the uh, the teenage Michelle Obama at one point. And the, so there's flashbacks within flashbacks within present day flash forwards to it's all and they what they try and do and it's and and it's such a mistake for me is they try and thematically link these things so like mm. you get a scene where the obamas have need more security and then it'll cut to you know the roosevelts having an issue with security. you know what i mean it's like and there's really interesting stuff there because there's stuff about how fdr was had a disability um and which you know which is a famous aspect of his whole presence in yeah. the extent to which that was kept secret or not and it's almost like they're trying to uh, you, you're kind of like mystified by actually what they're trying to do are they trying to say something about the whole process of becoming president what you have to deal with and the compromises you make I think they are and particularly as a first lady what are your ex the expectations of what a first lady does it's such an odd position to be in where they're not elected but they're definitely expected to be almost politicians within their own right and to be active and to do stuff yeah. and they all do yeah. in this story the extent to which they do is interesting so it's kind of like I'm fascinated and the performances are by and large fantastic they all step up but the whole structure and conception of it is misguided guided to me because you you as soon as you get into a bit of Obamas you then move to the Roosevelt's and you're mm. like well, no, I want I need more of the Obamas it, it's, it just so I just don't think it works so, so <laughs> Sorry. you're not recommending it I don't think so I mean okay. I would say watch the first episode just just to see what it's like to see you know these actors playing these iconic people and that's fun I mean it's just fun watching mm. you know watching Viola Davis playing Michelle Obama it's it's interesting but as a as a coherent TV drama, it just doesn't work. Well, no first lady for me then. Nope. Okay, next coming out of the hat, we have we have the offer. 
Yes. Now, The Godfather is a little film you might have heard of, and The Offer is a show about the making of that film. The question is, is this an offer we can't refuse? It was an offer I could refuse because I didn't watch it. I believe both of you have seen this one, though. I haven't actually seen it. Have you not? No. Have you not seen it? I meant to see it, I, 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 but, and that, but then it wasn't on my um, my queue of shows from on the web, on the portal on the. Well, I don't know whether they deliberately withheld it from maybe. me due to shall we say bad buzz. Maybe so but, they, they took away your screeners and left a horse's head in your bed, and that was it. <laughs> but no. I, I'm desperate to see it because I'm obsessed with the Godfather making of yeah. etc. Did you say to them? Did you say to him like you are? You'd, you'd ask for the screeners one. You said you know when my employer asks a favor, he never asks a second favor when he's been refused a first. Is that what you? said uh beth it turns then to you yeah tell us about the offer oh no No. oh dear oh no less less a sunny more afraid is that what you're saying uh, more Fredo than Sonny. More Fredo than Sonny. And all the other Godfather. Let's just exhaust all the Godfather puns <laughs> yeah. now, shall we? Let's be done with yeah. that. I'm sure I've got a few more. Yeah, I think oh, we're sure already exhausted. Yeah. yeah. So this is a uh, gap. This is this is charting the story of, of the making of the Godfather. Um, Miles Teller plays uh, Albert S. Reddy, who's obviously crucial to adapting the book to the screen. And it's about... God, it's just... <laughs> you sound exhausted already. Yeah, no, I am. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 just a, it's just about people in boardrooms sort of clapping each other on the back and making this film, to getting this film off the ground, to be honest. I've only seen the first two episodes. I do love a good series set in a boardroom. <laughs> do you? I do when it's like a sorkin. It's like shit sorkin. <laughs> it's like... No walking around. There's no propulsion, really. There's a bit... I think Mel Stella walks through his car at one stage. It's just like... Just sitting around in, in kind of studio meetings, just talking about get why this book is so significant and why it's so important that this film has to be made... I think as well, it doesn't help. I've just seen Miles Teller in Top Gun, where mm. he and and I loved Maverick. Mm. I loved yeah. it, and I think he was put to really great use there. In this, he's kind of the young rookie exec that kind of gets films made that make a lot of money. He's kind of this hot shot called upon young strapping guy who has to sit in a boardroom and just talk about films. You know, it, it just feels like there's some great characters that play Gina Temple, who we obviously all adore is in this as like the great woman behind every man so she she goes out with um Ruddy in this and it's kind of the voice of reason to him um which seems to be just what she does in shows isn't it she just shows up and makes men better um yeah. but she again feels quite relegated and then it is just badly made oh probably like how you feel about Obi-Wan is how I feel about this it's it's goofy it's a goofy really? show. Oh, no. It's elevated to the point where it's just straight up goofy. It's Goofy <laughs> Godfather. <It's laughs> no one it needs is. Goofy no Godfather. One no, nobody needs Goofy oh, Godfather. God. Camp I can I can just about get behind. A sort of diluted Ryan Murphy I can get behind if you're having fun with it. But this is taking itself so seriously and it translates as so goofy. It's like it's like just a just a bad watch that's you know you, you enjoy like watching a bad film to have fun sometimes this is just this is just joyless this joyless is, goofy godfather you're really joyless, selling this yeah goofy godfather I don't know, obviously 
Godfather is not an especially joyful film, but there, there should be joy and romance. When I talk about Sorkin, I mean, Sorkin is, is such a romantic writer, isn't he? Everyone that he writes, every character that yeah. he writes, the cause that they will throw themselves and they'd all die for. Passionate poets is what passionate, they all are. Yes, passionate poets. Um, you know, just just so, so like... It's, just just self-aware and care so much about what they do and it really transcends into this like big beautiful collective kind of unit of people working towards this big cause this just felt vapid um and it just yeah it just felt like what should be what should be a romantic clamor to get this you know this source material off the ground and turn it into this like singular film just it just I don't know. I don't. I can't pinpoint why it doesn't work and why it translates into goofy. I think it is the direction. The performers are doing their absolute best, but I think it's a shoddy script, and I think it is. Yeah, it's 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 sort of chaotic directing. Maybe that's what I mean. It's chaotic trying to be slick, and it it loses its footing along the way, and and that's where we get to where it is. So yeah, it is. Wow, it's oh, not. Damn. It's not. What's the guy playing um, Francis Coppola like? Um, a standout, doing doing oh, okay. the best. Dan Fogler. As I say, the performer is doing the best they yeah. can, and I think that Miles Teller, who I I don't know what happened to him after Whiplash. He did Whiplash and made such a mm. that was such a standout performance. Really, that hit the ground running, and then everything just seemed to go away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think he did yeah. a few kind of like frat boy comedy type things and a few things that, that just didn't really make it onto your you know your main screens at the cinema and then he's starting to come back around I think Maverick did wonders for him and in this he really is trying I, like he's a very committed performer but the, the, the show just can't keep up with him um, I'm just fascinated to see like people playing Marlon Brando and Al Pacino and all these but it's not it's not it, it feels like that doesn't end well in the best scenario, doesn't it? I mean, it? I haven't even, I haven't got to the episode oh, okay. with Brando in it. Okay. We've just met Pacino in this. Again, a very committed performer. <laughs> <laughs> What's fascinating to me, you know, there's the film, the film about the same fucking thing, about the making of The Godfather, yeah. that when I introduced Elizabeth Moss, yeah. so Elizabeth Moss is supposed to play Eleanor Coppola in it, and um, I think it's... Um, it's play Oscar Wright supposed to be playing Francis yeah. Ford Coppola. It's that Jake Gyllenhaal supposed to be in it. This, this I remember that was announced before this TV Probably, project. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I interviewed Elizabeth um, Moss for Empire, I asked her about it. And she was like, "Oh yeah, um, I need to chase that up because <laughs> oh my God, I'm even to she doesn't know what's going <laughs> on." She literally was like, "I need to chase that. Up. I need to get on that because I want to make that film. I want to be in that film." She said the script was brilliant. That's and, amazing. You know, I love so, that you've reminded her she's yeah, in this film. It was absolutely yeah. one of the great moments of my life. Um, and then we had to chat about The Godfather because I was like, you know, she is one of her favorite films. So. She yeah. was excited about the whole project as well. But I was really excited about it's this. Never going to happen. Um, <laughs> shut up. Uh, so then, leave the show, take the cannoli, is what we're saying. Very good. Uh, yeah. You've really worked hard at these. Puns. I did. I did. Thank well, you. You didn't boys. watch the show. But no, I didn't watch the show, hard. but I worked yeah. hard on the puns. Yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Right. Let's move up. Next out of the hat is Halo. Has anyone else seen Halo? No, uh, just you. you. No, of course, it's just me. All right, this fine. Is this is, of course, Paramount's adaptation of the popular Xbox games. And Pablo Schreiber, as we already heard, plays Super Soldier, the Master Chief, in a fight against the Alien Covenant. Now, obviously, given that the game mythology is fucking gibberish, that didn't really bode well for this. I have to say, very pleasantly surprised mm. by this series. Okay. It's actually good. And one of the reasons I say this is because you start the series and 
the show starts and there's a bunch of teenagers go up and they stumble across uh, a Covenant ship and then one of them gets shot in the face and their head explodes and you're like, whoa, what is going on? This is not for kids at all. Like, it's really quite brutal and morally uncompromising but also morally ambiguous because so the Spartans super soldiers they represent the UNSC the United Nations Space Command and um, they're kind of the militarised space arm of the human race but they're raging twats so it's not like the aliens are baddies and the humans are the goodies it's everyone's a twat you've just got alien twats and human twats and they're at war with each other just being twats and in the middle of it, you have the Master Chief, and he's a guy who's been kidnapped from birth. He's been made a child soldier. He's been brainwashed. He's been chemically altered. Like, he's got some demons and some shit to deal with, and he's dropped in this whole mess of stuff. And the way they kind of humanize him a little bit is early on, he's on, uh, he's sort of planet side, and he ends up meeting a character called Quan Ha, played by Yeren Ha, and... Uh, She's this girl, she's this refugee in the first episode, and he's basically ordered to just murderize her. Uh, and he takes issue with that, and there that's where his path kind of diverges from where you might expect him to go. Now, the show's really good, and it does a really good job of eking out the Halo mythology. What it doesn't do, crucially, is follow on from any of the games. Jenny's will play any of the games, and in fact, it ejects all of the game mythology, which is a great move, because as I've said, it's total bobbins. So they've gone their own way, and actually, this is all building up to tracking down the Halo. That's kind of the, the thread. This is an alien artifact, essentially, an alien artifact that he finds the first episode, and it's like, and it awakens something in the Master Chief. Um, but he spends most of this show with the helmet off, which is an interesting choice. He's not in the suit all the time. You do see his face all the time like he's out of the armor i'd say more than he's in it which again i think is a, is a good move because i don't think you do go full mandalorian uh unless you have to go full mandalorian um but it's really good the other spartans are interesting characters the kind of space command and the the sort of interpersonal relationships and the politics of the unsc especially uh which natasha McElhone, who plays uh who plays a crazy mad scientist doctor lady um and you've also got jen taylor who does the voice of cortana in the games and indeed on everyone's microsoft devices she's reprising the voice of Katana in this as well um, so it's kind of it's about the man it's about the man beneath the armour and I think that's what they've done well on this they're not focusing on the Master Chief they're focusing more on John the man uh, and, it, and it does work really well I, it's an interesting show it plays out I'd say the downside to it is uh, Yeren Ha's plotline so she has this kind of B plot that runs all the way through where she has a teaming up with Bikin Woodbind who plays a former Spartan and they have their own sort of separate B plot I would say that is not as compelling as you want it to be and I think honestly that's probably what lets this series down a little bit because you there's a whole episode where the Master Chief isn't in it and you really feel it like you really feel it you want to spend time with the Master Chief Schreiber does it really really well and actually I think Yaren Ha's character just isn't as interesting as they think she is uh, I think they maybe realise that close to the end of this run I've seen the whole of this series um and I'm interested to see what it does. Oh, you next. found time to watch the yes. whole of this series. I found time to watch the whole of Halo Boy. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely true. Wow. Uh, I, you know, like I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with season two. Um, is it perfect? No. I reviewed this for the magazine actually for Empire, and I gave it three stars, and I think that is fair. I think there's a four star show in here you somewhere, but it's not there yet. Three show, three star show. I did. You won't watch like 100%. reviewed across the board. Nine hours of it. Yeah. I did watch nine hours of Halo. Yeah, sorry. Okay. But anyway, Halo, worth seeing if you like the games, worth seeing if you don't like the games. You just want a bit of sci-fi militarization. Uh, it is all there for you in Halo, which of course launches this week as well. Right, next out of the hat is a show with Jeremy Renner in it called Mayor of Kingstown. And Jeremy Renner plays Mike McCluskey in a story which tackles themes of racism, corruption, inequality in a place called Kingstown uh, in Michigan where incarceration is the booming business of the town. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say none of you have seen no, this. No, I don't think we've had, none no. of us have watched. We've we've run out of shows we've watched. Now. I haven't yeah. seen Mayor of Kingstown no. either, so it's on. You might want to watch it. Jeremy Renner's in it. Perhaps he talks about it on his Jeremy Renner official social media app. Check it out there. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what else have we got in the hat? We've got The Umbrella Academy Season 3, so Netflix's subversive superhero series does make its return to our screens this week for Season 3. I didn't make it through Season 2. Did either of you make it through Season 2? No. 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 Did you start Season 3? Um, no. no, only because I knew we didn't have time to review ah. it. I mooted that we should review it because I thought it was... Because we did The Boys Series 3. Yes, but The Boys, The Boys is Prime Video's Stranger Things. Like, it is the jewel in their yeah. crown. Also, it's brilliant. Um, Umbrella Academy, though, is at best a little bit boring. So, I, I, But what, basically, it came down to you, not your personal taste. <laughs> yeah, you didn't finish <laughs> season know. two, so it's not my taste. Not, it's all of our taste. I'm just explaining why we haven't <laughs> not reviewing it. because of your personal taste. Probably. I see. I'm sensing Beth is entirely uncommitted to the argument as to why we should have included Umbrella Academy. I've just listened to Parks to wreck it my head. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's so. it. Oh, that's I'm not, it. I'm not, yeah. I mean, what is, I tell you what, it, it, I mean, it does feel like Netflix have slightly relegated it because it's going out on the Wednesday, mm. 22nd. That's never not, a good sign, is it? No, no, not the Friday. It's not a Friday show. And they didn't, I have to say, they're not exactly trumpeting it from the, from the skies. Yeah. I mean, look, phrase. it'll probably have a great musical montage at some point. But, well, for sure, but have I a needle just, drop I'm musical just, montage with I'm, a slightly kitschy choice. You know, I watched the whole of season one. I started season two. I, I'm sorry. I liked the first episode of season two. I remember, but I did. Yeah, it was fine. It. Yeah. But but no. Uh, what else is on? So Loot, which is Maya Rudolph's new show, that arrives on Apple this week. Which is about a woman who whose life kind of goes a bit strange when her husband leads her eighty-seven billion dollars. We've all been there. Uh, now Beth has seen this. <laughs> Except it turns out it's embargoed until Tuesday morning. So, Beth, using the medium of mime, <laughs> tell us something that doesn't violate an embargo. Ah! There we go. That was... <laughs> okay. Beth says... Ah! Right, there you go. That is our review of Loot on Apple, which is embargoed <laughs> until Tuesday. But that drops on Friday. Man vs. Bee comes to Netflix. This is the Rowan Atkinson versus a bee several times in small bite-sized chunks. Boy, did you watch any of this? I have watched some of it, yeah. Who wins, it's the bee or the man? Both. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are taking the piss out of the fact that somehow they've managed to make an entire series about a man fighting a bee. But the episodes are only 15 minutes long-ish. And um, if you, it's definitely Ronax and going for the family-friendly um, uh, audience. And I actually would say it's quite well done. I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Just saying. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ronak. Oh, you know what I should have said? To be or not yeah. to be. Yeah. That would have been oh funny. Gosh. Missed that yeah. one. That was an open goal. Anyway, that's Man vs. B on Netflix. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, I will say one thing that does come to Paramount Plus as well is Ray Donovan, the movie. Yes. Which has taken a long time to come yes. to these shores. Ray Donovan was, of course, cancelled after, I want to say, Series 7. Uh, and we thought we wouldn't see any more, but they've wrapped it up in a movie. I did watch this as well, and I did not like it. Oh. Um, I love Ray Donovan. I think yeah, Leo Schreiber is fantastic in it. I think it's a really really great character study that show is of kind of this working class family kind of him as this kind of like will fix anything for money character but I found the last episode it tries to tie up some loose ends but it's dour it's dull it's not very interesting I kind of think if you've watched seven seasons you might as well watch it to find out how it ends but uh, I can't recommend it I think it was a missed opportunity you also missed that on Paramount Plus is Super Pumped the battle for Uber you know there's a mini series about Uber oh, you know about that yeah that's with, one. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah, yeah Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. Um, oh and, I missed that completely yeah and Uma Thurman no less as Ariana Huffington 
No. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that is, that, that okay. Is, that's a big thing to miss. But yeah, I did completely <laughs> miss that. It may not have been on, on. On. I can't remember whether it's on. I mean, I knew we wouldn't have time to watch it anyway. It's a seven-hour thing. But um, boy, on launch are you super pumped for super pumped? I mean, it is another true life story about uh, you know. A I, I just. It's just. It's just another yeah. show about Bellens, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. But I have got a show that we that we should have reviewed. Okay. Uh, it's a, it, and it's a show that I absolutely think is fantastic, um, and I urge people to watch it, which is Blocko 181. Not to be confused with Blink 182. Um, Blocko 181 is an Italian um, Sky Italia uh, drama starting on Sky Atlantic on Tuesday at 10 o'clock Sky Atlantic and now. And it is brilliant, I'm telling you. It's set in a fictional um, working class section of Milan and a kind of apartment block. That's what the Blocko 181 is. And there's like rival gangs. There's a kind of like an Italian, you know, in quotes, native Italian gang. And there's a kind of in quote, again, in heavy quotes, more ethnic Italian gang. And the violence, there's shocking violence between them. The first scene is this guy basically being beaten to within an inch of his life. Lovely. Um, Beth's on board already. But then what's intriguing is it goes down a really intriguing route of the, um, the, a, a young woman takes over called B takes over um, one of the gangs effectively. Um, her dad's in prison. She kind of like goes, well, I can, t- I can be in charge. And she's just incredibly kind of confident and, um, and, and yet not in any way one dimensional. She effectively seizes the moment to kind of to sort these fucking idiot morons out that she has to deal with yeah. uh, on both sides. She falls for a, a very handsome guy from the other gang, effectively. I mean, they don't really know that they're each, they're each in these pivotal situations. This very rich boy who happens to work for the other gang is a drug dealer, coke dealer, in a very fun, there's a very funny montage sequence where he explains coke dealing in Milan, which is brilliant. Um, and, then, and then his best mate, he's got an incredibly close relationship with his best mate who is in the rival gang. And they end up having what can only be described as a very interesting three-way um, relationship. And it's fascinating. So you've got this kind of, on the one hand, it's a, it's a gritty, brilliantly filmed and directed kind of teen gangster story, effectively, or young people gangster story in Milan. And yet it's also kind of a thing about this complex relationship between two guys and this and this girl across the divide of these their various um communities. It's really, really good. I was and, and yeah, it's a shame like we because there's so fucking much. I mean all by by kudos to Paramount Plus because there's loads of really great stuff on there. There is. Apart yeah. from some of the apart from, <laughs> apart from some of the stuff that isn't great. But in any normal week I we, we should really have done Blocko one eight one. But yeah. it's really, really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 one more thing we haven't finished yet. We're nearly finished. Ellie and Natasha. Ah. Yes, Beth will know that this is Natasha Dimitriou from Stafflet's Flats and Ellie White, and they did a um, they did a comedy sketch um, show a while ago, um, a kind of pilot, and this is a full series of their comedy sketch show together for BBC Three, starting on Tuesday, ten o'clock, and it's only fifteen minute episodes. And various reasons for best to love this board. show. 15 minute yeah. episodes. Okay. Natasha Dimitriou from Stafflet's Flats. Ellie White, who's brilliant in everything. You recognise her. She's, she's in The Other One, which is a really funny um, sitcom on BBC One. They are brilliant talents. And together, they are magical. I've seen the first <sighs> episode. It's hilarious. There's um, cameos from Harry Hill and Simon Bird from The Inbetweeners. Oh, yeah. Um, there's like spoofs of pop videos. And it's just, but they're just so funny together. Obviously, again, I would have forced James to sit down and watch a sketch show. <laughs> Never going to happen. women. <laughs> I, just have no, no, I have no problem with being led by women. I just will well, not watch a sketch show, ever. No, exactly. I mean, what a, what a ridiculous thing to say. That, but that's my crypto. 
I think it's good that the sketch shows are back. Well, at least this is a sketch show that's back, and it's well worth. Uh, what? Because it takes you back to the sort of early nineties. Is that? Is yeah. that why? Well, yeah. Monty Python's Flying Circus was a sketch show, one of the greatest comedy don't, achievements don't like of all time. Either. You fucking bad. Don't like that either. <laughs> Right, right. Also out this week, oh. uh, Yellowstone season three also comes to Paramount Plus if you're in the Yellowstone oh. mood. Also, Young Rock season two comes to Sky Comedy. Watch that or not? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> what's our pick of the week, people? Oh what's our individual God. board? What's yours? Do you know what? It might actually be Blocker 181, which isn't in the yeah. main Unbelievable. review section. You are so the, contrary. From the main review section, oh, um, um, oh, what do we do again? What is it? Oh, the Manifel to Earth. Yeah. Manifel yeah. to yeah. Earth. Beth, is Manifel to yeah. Earth? That's yeah. yours? Oh, I think. See, mine, I'm, I'm close to saying 1883, but I think it's Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. Surprising absolutely no one. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay, good. This is it for our oh. carnage-laden episode of the show. I don't know about you, I'm exhausted. Uh, if you appreciated the gauntlet of shows that we ran for you this week, then please do feel free to express that gratitude via the medium of a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because it really does help the show get out there. And if you'd like to support us on social media as well, then we appreciate follows on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Pilot TV Pod, and of course, individually, at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, and at Beth K. Webb. Next week, we do return to our, the kind of regular level of Bedlam where we see the return of Westworld for season four, Only Murders in the Building for season two, Atlanta for a very long away to season three, uh, not to mention Queer as Folk, The Terminal List, and the final two episodes of Stranger Things. So expect us to be watching at least some of that. Uh, plus, 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 you heard about the man who fell to earth, but Chiwetel Ejiofor, Naomi Harris, and Bill Nye will all be with us on the show next week to chat about that show as well. With potentially, because the interview hasn't happened yet, Chris Hewitt, who will be making his Whoa. pilot TV debut. What and that is headline news. F. Absolutely. So Damn look it. forward to that. Exciting, exciting stuff. Honestly, in the meantime, I need to have a lie down. Uh, so uh, pilot out. <laughs> <laughs> 